welcome to our podcast for this week of October 3rd is the preaching date for this text. And I am here. I'm Pastor Jen Hackbarth here, and I am with Pastor Megan Torgerson, Pastor Jay Carlson. And we are moving here in the book of Genesis. Last time we met and chatted, it was about Abraham and Sarah. And now we're moving toward the very end of the book of Genesis, which is all about Joseph and his story, which is a very long story, a big section of Genesis. And we move from Abraham and Sarah. We just figured out it. Joseph is Abraham and Sarah's great grandson. That's right. Should we go through the line? Yes. Yes. Abraham and Sarah uh, gave birth to Isaac. Mm hmm. And Ishmael, we'll yeah. say. And then also, then Jacob was son of Isaac. Yes. And then Jacob had many sons. and With his many wives. With his many wives. Mm-hmm. Probably some daughters. We don't get a lot of... That's uh, true. It names oh, all yeah. the sons, but it does, it does it name one? Like one of the daughters? I don't... Is it... We'll have to go back to the text for that. But there were uh, many sons, and the second to last of the sons was Joseph. As Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote, uh, Joseph's mother, she was quite my favorite wife Mm -hmm. Uh, because, you know, more than one of those. I'm afraid that I will break into song at some point during this discussion of Joseph because I think as a kid, this is a way that I learned the Joseph story. Listening to that LP of the the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical at home. Nice. I I played one of the brothers in my high school production <gasps> of uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. So, That's amazing. Yep. yep I was a I Which played brother. A brother. Uh, I think I was Were Asher. You named Asher. Um, but it didn't really have any lines. It <laughs> tried to hide me in the back. They were short on guys. <laughs> <laughs> So and can you name all of the brothers? Nope. No, 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 either. no. no. <laughs> but I can probably still sing the song where they list off all the colors. Oh, colors. Team coat, so, uh, can it, we jump into that real quick? No. Okay. <laughs> because there's controversy about that whole thing. That's you right. know, about whether the Bible says that that Joseph had a coat of many colors or not. I don't mean to, no, but to get a, us off track here. But it's a good point. The, the Joseph story, like Pastor Jen said, takes up a lot of the last piece of Genesis. And so mm-hmm. it's a it's a pretty detailed story. There's lots of, you know, intrigue and family dynamics and dysfunction. And, um, and one of them is the, the fact that Joseph's father loved Joseph most. Yeah. So if you're wondering whether parents have favorite kids or not, according to the Bible, they do. Um, and as part of that favoritism, Jacob, his dad, gave him a really fancy garment. And we've tended to translate it as a, a, a coat with, with many colors, a many colored coat. But it's very possible that the Hebrew there is not many colored, that the Hebrew is a, a coat with sleeves, yeah. to which we go, ah. um, but keep in mind that any garment in this time would have been made you know, by hand from top to bottom. So an, and a, super, a superfluous garment period would have been a luxury. And a, and a garment that had additional pieces of fabric like sleeves, um, also would have been pretty fancy. So whether it was multicolored or had long sleeves, either way, we're describing some luxury. Uh, An undeniable, visible luxury, right? Like his brothers would just have to look at him and go, that 
jerk. Right. Because it's right there. Uh, yes. Their dad loves him more. Yes. Whatever it was. Whatever it was. It was a special robe mm-hmm. of some kind, and it was on display then for everybody to see that Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. So I think it... it it makes some sense that the brothers would be a little bit jealous, a little bit angry. And how jealous were they? <laughs> well, and when the story starts, Joseph is, I, he's kind of a brat. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to, he, I can see in some ways why the brothers feel the way they do about him, not their actions, but he's clearly the favorite and he kind of knows it. Oh, kind of. And he, he holds it, it over oh those gosh. brothers and yes. yeah. they, yeah, it's, it's a tough family story <sighs> in many levels. It's, it's one of the things that I, I do like to remind people, especially about family dynamics in Genesis, is that dysfunction is just everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering if it's just you, or if you're wondering if that's new to the modern era, no! Uh, <laughs> it is very well testified to in scripture. Um, and yeah, the, the dysfunction that leads up to today's reading, which is from Genesis 39, so we've skipped several chapters, um, like Pastor Jen said, um, you know, Joseph's very much the favorite. He kind of gloats about it a little bit. We learn that Joseph can interpret dreams. Mm-hmm. And so he has these dreams that amount to him saying, hey, brothers, guess what? I had a dream that you're going to bow down to me someday, um, which is not you know, a thing that older brothers like to hear from their little brother. Joseph um, could have kept that to himself. Yeah, he could have pitched it differently. Yeah, it could have mm-hmm. gone, gone a different way. He didn't go that way with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and his brothers, to their discredit, uh, I think overreacted. Um, and they jumped him and they threw him in a pit and they intended to murder him. One of the brothers had second thoughts, uh, said, maybe let's not murder him. Great, which is great. Maybe let's sell him into slavery instead. Less, less great. Um, and but that's what they do. They sell him mm-hmm. into slavery, and he's he's traded off uh, into slavery in Egypt. Um, his brothers regret their actions, like one of the only good things you can say for them. Uh, and so they decide to pretend that Joseph's coat, either with sleeves or many colors, uh, is the only thing left they can find with him. They they dip it in animal blood and present it to their dad and say, oh, no, an animal must have eaten Joseph. Uh, and Jacob buys it and grieves for his son, which is awful. I mean, just awful in all directions. Um, And so the story brings us to Joseph going from, you know, the favored son with these dreams of grandeur to being sold into slavery in Egypt. And uh, Mm -hmm. that brings us to this story mostly. Is that, does that catch us up? Did I, did I do it? Yeah. He gets sold into slavery and then finds himself as part of Potiphar's house. And so this is where we find his next adventure with Potiphar and especially Potiphar's wife. And as we mentioned, I think before we hit record, uh, this is a bit of a PG-13 story. Uh, As many stories in scripture are, let's be honest, uh, it's it's not always a very safe book. Uh, But in particular, the content here is a is a bit is a bit rough. So get ready. This is Genesis chapter 39. We're going to read verses 1 through 6, and then we're going to pick up again uh, in 11 through 23. Now, Joseph was taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. 
the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. He made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And with him he, there, he had no concern for anything but the food that he ate. One day, however, when he went into the house to do his work, and while no one else was in the house, she, which is Potiphar's wife, she caught hold of Joseph's garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called out to the members of her household and said to them, See, my husband has brought among us a Hebrew to insult us. He came in to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And when he heard me raise my voice and cry out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Then she kept his garment by her until his master came home, and she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to insult me, but as soon as I raised my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. When Joseph's master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, saying, This is the way your servant treated me, Potiphar became enraged. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. He remained there in prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in the prison and whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The chief jailer paid no heed to anything that was in Joseph's care because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Ooh, this is the word of the Lord and it is a lot. A lot happens there, yeah. Right? Yeah, where should we start? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great question because we've got multiple moving pieces here, right? So for starters, we have slavery, mm -hmm. um, which it should be noted, the Bible never really speaks against. Um, the, mm -hmm. the Bible is, is kind of quietly accepting of slavery, which was a, a, a real problem in American Christianity uh, around the time of the Civil War, because there were many very, very good Christians uh, who were very, very in favor of slavery and really saw the Bible support that. Uh, and not just the Old Testament, but New Testament as well. Absolutely. We book of Philemon, uh, mm -hmm. Paul recommending slave return to his master. So there is, yeah, sadly, a lot of biblical support, if you want a proof text, for this institution of slavery. There are themes of equality, that there's neither slave nor free, mm -hmm. uh, male nor female, Jew nor Gentile in Christ, uh, that we can point to that, that guide us in these in, uh and changing those institutions of slavery and and uh, thankfully making changes in our society but yes you're right there slavery is assumed in much of the bible right right and and god is in in god's own way complicit with slavery in this story uh through joseph's enslavement potiphar prospers right so mm -hmm. uh that doesn't feel much like God punishing Potiphar for buying someone and owning a human being. Uh, that that sounds a lot like kind of tacit approval of of slavery, which uh, whew, that's a tough one for me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. God, Steph- God could have. I mean, it says God was with Joseph yeah. here, which is a theme yeah. here. But that doesn't mean that just because God was with Joseph, that God freed Joseph mm-hmm. in that moment right mm-hmm. there from his situation of slavery. Just like, you know, before Joseph had been in the pit and God didn't. Well, I mean, God, I guess, helps maybe get him into out of the pit, but then into slavery. Right. Sort of the so, definition yeah. of out of the frying pan and into the fire. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. God is with Joseph. He's with someone who is experiencing oppression in this moment. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's the assumption of the institution of slavery is very troubling and yeah. so much of scripture. Yeah. But there is in this text this idea of power yes and who holds power and who doesn't and how that change or difference in power affects the person who doesn't have the power and I think that's an important part of the story is that we we see Joseph suffering because of Potiphar's wife's use of her power I don't know if this is as there's a little bit here about her attraction to Joseph but I think the intervening verses she she doesn't leave him alone she continues to petition him and he continues to graciously say no out of respect for my master I will not lie with you so there is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there is some build up there there's some of that but I think it's also her taking advantage of her power absolutely over him and wanting whatever she wants and and being able to have it and so I think Joseph is here experiencing this kind of harassment absolutely yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point I think we may be are used to hearing this described as seduction but it's sure. more than that it's an abuse of power mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. it's it's harassment yeah mm-hmm. right and it's it's even interesting to me in those last verses of the story you know when when Potiphar heard his wife's story of what had happened um it's such a 180 from what we heard in the beginning of the chapter which is that you know Potiphar leaves all that he had in Joseph's charge and with him there he had no concern for anything except whatever Potiphar felt like eating um so there's this I trust Joseph absolutely 100%, but as soon as my my wife, who power-wise is much higher than the slave who lives in our household, um, as soon as she says something against him, that's all out the window. That's all it takes. There is no actual trust for Joseph. There is such a disproportionate power balance here that what Joseph would say wouldn't make any difference. And that, that makes me think about how Joseph could not have done enough. He, he could not have been good enough to earn that trust from Potiphar in that situation. It didn't matter how much he caused Potiphar's household to prosper, how, how helpful he was, you know, how polite he was, we assume, to Potiphar's wife in his gracious you know, turning her down. And yet when it came down to it, Potiphar says, nope, I'm, I'm not going to trust you. Right, right. And it's, I think that's an interesting way to put it, Pastor Jen, this idea that there, he could not have been good enough. There is no such thing as a Hebrew slave who can be trusted to that level, no matter how perfectly they have performed. 
up to that. That's really, uh, that really makes the power imbalance clear. And her language, when she talks about Joseph, she calls him the Hebrew mm-hmm. servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you know, so she doesn't even use his name and is, yeah. it's clear what she thinks of him. Yeah, at, at the beginning of this, we, we said, well, maybe Joseph could have been a little more empathetic toward his brothers, and that could be true. But nothing he did um, led him to deserve to be thrown into a pit or sold into slavery. So really, throughout this, basically, Joseph it really lacks agency yeah. in all these things that happened to him, good and bad. Um, so, I mean, sold into slavery. And then somehow he earns all this trust. Maybe it was through things he did, but it really says it's the Lord's blessing. Yeah. So even the good things that happened to him are not really because he deserved it, but because God was was at work in his life. So the the it just I remember doing a, a confirmation lesson on this and I just went through all of these events. So Jacob becomes the favorite son and then he gets sold into slavery. Then he becomes really well known and powerful in Potiphar's house. Then he gets kicked out, you know, all these things. And we can go through all the whole through chapter 50, the good and the bad. Uh, they seem to be beyond Joseph's control. He didn't choose to be Jacob's favorite son at the beginning. Right? All mm-hmm. the good and all the bad. And yet God is consistently with Joseph through all of that. Yeah. And there is, I think, some uh, some thread of promise in there, right? This red thread sort of of God's continuing presence. So even though Joseph's life has gone just completely off the rails and really doesn't even return to the rails until much later in the story. I mean, the, the, this story, he's, he's in prison. He's in prison for a long time. His ability to interpret dream, dreams gets made known. Pharaoh has some crazy dreams. Joseph gets called in to interpret them. They turn out to be true. Joseph gains a position of, of, of kind of power at, at Pharaoh's right hand. Eventually, there's a famine. Joseph's family comes down to Egypt to try to get food in the famine. And aha, Joseph's dream comes true. His brothers do indeed bow to him as they beg for food and their life. So, I mean, it all comes full circle, right? But the point isn't like, oh, stick with it and you'll get what you deserve. The point of the story, like you're saying, Pastor Jay, is that God goes with us, whether things are going well or going poorly, whether we have power or no power. It, It is God's action in our life that continues to sustain us, especially through impossibly terrible circumstances. Yeah. Yes, and we don't have answers as to why these things happen to Joseph. Nope. Yep. Yeah, right. We never get told why, and yet what we get told is God's consistent presence with him throughout all of this, and that's what we can cling to yeah. in this story. In the end, it, it does say that God intends... What is the verse? All things are... Oh, uh, oh it comes out of Joseph's mouth. Uh, yeah, you you intended these things for evil, but God intended them for good. Right, right. Yes. And, I don't, and we could interpret that to say, well, uh, it, it's all going to work out fine in the end. Um, God has a plan. God has a plan. Did God plan for Joseph to be sent into slavery? I don't know if that's necessarily that, but that God is working for good in yes. all things. Um, that God is trying to bring out redemption and and healing a new life, even in the most difficult of circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I also I also think one theme that 
it's not really a theme so much as it's helpful for me when I come to scripture, especially a complicated story like this, is to say, you know, who, who am I identifying with in this story and is it accurate? Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of times we're, we're likely to say, oh, I feel like Joseph. You know, everything's so hard and life is coming down on me and oh, I'm struggling and people saying things about me that's not true. That's totally valid. That's totally appropriate. I think we might also need to occasionally consider the times that uh, are we perhaps Potiphar's wife in this story? Are we perhaps abusing our power, uh, putting other people in um, in positions of uh, you know having no authority and having no uh, you know valid meaningful place in society? Are we doing that to people? Mm-hmm. Like not this is God's plan, but me, I'm doing that. Like I am lying about someone. I am abusing my power in a situation. Um, I think we need to attend to that as as people who read scripture too. I think it's helpful to see yourself and and reflect on how you use power in your own life and how God's may, God may be present with people who you may not assume God is present with. Yes. It, people that experience oppression, people that uh, don't hold power in the ways that we do, and and what are our internal biases about that absolutely yeah so it's 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 one of the i think stories of scripture that uh really invite a lot of reflection on our part right um what does this mean for me what does this mean for how i understand god's action in my life what does it mean for me when i'm going through a hard time what does it mean for me when i am the cause of someone else's hard time Mm -hmm. um it, it sounds like just an interesting story that would make a really cool musical. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, <laughs> it's a really powerful story of, of faith and introspection. And like you said, Pastor Jay, God's agency, not mm. mine yeah. necessarily, but God's. But God yes. also is inviting us to take a look at where are there people who are vulnerable. Yeah. Yep. Who Whose power has been taken from them mm. uh, and, and need our accompaniment. Absolutely. Well, we could talk about Joseph forever. Well, the, and Genesis kind of does. such so. a wonderful, <laughs> rich, deep story. Mm-hmm. But we do need to close our time oh. together. Thanks for a great conversation, as always. And we, as always, remember that together we are here to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everybody. May the road rise on